The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to Intuitive Connections, where spirituality and psychology meet to help you be your best and brightest self. I'm your host, Victoria Shaw, and in each episode, I'll help you to awaken your own inner wisdom, step into your power, and live a more divinely inspired life. You're here to let your inner light shine. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hello and welcome, everybody. Today, we are doing an intuitive reading. Yay! And our lovely volunteer is Joanne. Joanne, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's go. All right. Can you tell me a little bit about what you'd like to focus on today for the reading? Today, I'd like to really focus on myself. I think that in many ways, I'm very successful. I'm a dedicated parent. I'm a public servant. I'm an entrepreneur. And I'm really grounded in many respects. But then in other ways, I find myself in a repeated pattern of self-sabotage. I always have recycled addictions in my life, primarily around food. In my 20s, I wouldn't say I was an alcoholic, but I drank to excess in a social manner. And I I think that I really am so focused on growth around myself and other people. I just am thinking, am I ever going to get out of this habitual pattern of self-dysfunction and self-sabotage? All right. I love that question. And the answer, of course, is yes. But we will see from the guides how they would like to give you some information to help you on your journey. And the first thing that comes through to say, and this comes through as much for my brain as for my guidance, but I'm going to let it flow either way, is that when we think about a term like self-sabotage, we want to be really, really careful because every single thing that you do in your life, whether it feels healthy or helpful or good or bad or however you want to name it or judgment is serving a purpose. So it's really helpful when we think about any behaviors, whether they're behaviors that we love and embrace or behaviors that we think are ultimately not serving us, everything is serving a purpose. And so sometimes, you know, in shifting these patterns, it's about understanding what purpose this has been serving for you up until now, embracing that purpose, embracing yourself through the behavior or the situation. And then of course, it's always good too, if you can look for better opportunities and better ways to get that particular need met that don't involve the behaviors or the things that are so off-putting and uncomfortable for you. Does that make sense? It does. Thank you. And so just generally speaking, and then I'm going to go in right from the guides as well, but I do believe these things are aligned. What comes through to say is that it's really important and helpful for you to know that all of the quote unquote destructive behaviors that you have engaged in over the years, 
have been to serve you. They've been to help you. They've been to almost like scratch an itch. And it's almost like, you know, if you have a burn or you have a boo-boo and you put a salve on it, right? It creates a barrier between the wound and the outside world. And because you have that barrier, you don't get a deeper infection. Okay. And so they want you to start to see some of these behaviors that way, because although they might not be ideal, they have been of service to you. Does that make sense? It does make sense in many regards. Yes. Yeah. I think, yes, I've done that to protect myself, but at the same time, it's limited myself too. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, we all have habits and patterns and things that work to a certain degree until they don't work anymore. But everything serves a purpose. And so recognizing the purpose in something can help you to let it go because that which we resist, right, persists. So if you've developed this idea of yourself as someone who self-sabotages and, you know, and this serves a purpose for you too, by the way, (laughs) but just when we understand that everything serves a purpose, we can make peace with it. And when we make peace with things, it's easier to move on. Okay. So that's the basic message with that. And now they're bringing me to this bigger thing. A lot of the habits and behaviors that you have done, there's a couple of different things going on here, but one thing that I see, it's almost like you've taken on these habits and behaviors, like drinking, like overeating again and again, in order to prove to yourself that you can overcome them, that you can beat them, that you won't be controlled by them. Does that resonate with you? You may feel at the time out of control, And yet you have never slipped off over the, or if you have, you have come back, right? You haven't fallen off the cliff of addiction. Does that make sense? That does make sense. I haven't. Yeah. It's important for you to recognize that because I know we talked before about how you have a family history of addiction. And that was something that, you know, I was seeing. And I think part of this too, is your relationship to that family history and how it is playing out for you. And what happens, I'm going to try to explain this as well as I can, and I'm guessing that you're already familiar with this anyway, these kinds of things travel through family lines. You know, we have these intergenerational patterns and they can go through energetically. Some people say it's epigenetically. And of course it can just go through behaviors and the things that you learn from each person down the line is affected differently and will pass whatever, you know, their perspective, their learning, their understanding onto you. So there are many different ways in which we can explain, you know, interfamilial transmission of these things. But for For you, it's really about your orientation to that family member's addictions and understanding addictive behaviors in general and understanding for you, it feels like it's always there. I think it's something you've always been warned against. I think it's part of your family culture that, you know, maybe you're the weak one or, you know, you have to be so careful and it's your orientation to that sort of falling prey to it, but then also knowing that you can overcome it again and again and again. Does that make sense? It does. Okay. Because I did say a lot. And, you know, I want to remind listeners too, that, you know, you may hear something in this reading that awakens a knowing in you, but it's different for everybody. And so as always, when you're listening to these examples and these case studies, don't assume that every person that has ever, you know, had too much to drink has the same story as Joanne. It's different for all of us, but this is something I don't really see that often. So I am fascinated by what the guides are showing me. And so what they're showing me is there's been many times when you have skirted the edge of these kinds of things. And it's really almost like the self-flagellatory behavior that you do that you've gotten from your family line. And I see it in your father as well. I don't know if he has addiction problems or not, but he can be hard on himself and his coping mechanisms do not always serve him. And so you might've seen that behavior 
again, you know, as a child. And I also see, and again, you'll have to tell me if I'm wrong, because you have lived in your life and I have not, but I see a dynamic between your parents too, where your mother was, and this is a superficial way of saying it, but this is what comes through kind of naggy, you know? And I think (laughs) that she was sometimes hard on your dad. And so you saw that pattern too. So if you identified with him in those moments, then you may have those two voices going on in your head, right? Mom who says to dad, you're blah, 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 blah. And dad who's like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. And then, you know, you're playing that little drama out in your own psyche. Does this resonate? Your face says yes, but. (laughs) Well, it does about my mother. My father has a very strong personality. So he really was the dominant person in that relationship. And, you know, and maybe early on, prior to my knowledge, he may have, and I don't want to say addiction because I don't know how he socialized in before, but, you know, I never saw that him drinking to any degree when I was growing up. There was no alcohol in the home or anything like that. But, you know, it certainly emanates from his father and it pervades through his siblings and some of his siblings' children. And it's certainly a pervasive problem in my family throughout the generations. And he has a lot of fear around it and a lot of judgment. And I think that even though he seems like he's very strong and very firm in his ways, can you give me a first name? It helps me get a read on him. Joseph. (laughs) Yeah, he is a big personality. Force of nature kind of personality and funny. Very charming. And he uses his humor sometimes not so kindly. He knows how to use it. That's his word that comes through his weapon. But funny. He's telling me it was really hard for him. He has a lot of deeply buried pain around this issue, around what he experienced. And he was teased a lot as a child by his family, by his siblings about being like the golden one and being like the together one. So he has a lot of resentment about that, but he also like, it's a point of pride and a point of pain. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. He was the youngest son. His two older brothers certainly got a much different childhood than he did. And I think that that's absolutely true. Yeah. He's very charismatic. His mother loved him. Yeah. That's very true. And what you're referring to is his Irish wit. He's okay. a you know, dual <laughs> citizen of Ireland and the U.S. And he just possesses it. You're right. He's funny and he's sarcastic at the same time. Yeah. Like he knows that's how he gets it out, you know, and that frustration because he's got a lot of pain buried deep inside of him. And, you know, many of us do. I think too, he recognizes on some level, but it's hard for him because he's got a lot of pride. He didn't feel the need to drink like the people above him, you know, in the family line. He had such a different experience, but also he's very judgmental towards those kind of things. And if he sees something in you, you know, you particularly or anyone that would remind him of anything like his siblings, he would be, I think, hard on that aspect. And that can also set up a dynamic within you about, you know, not feeling safe, not feeling good. It's like you're carrying a lot of the shadow from your dad and the family line. And, you know, it's also to do with trusting yourself. And do you know where you went astray on the trusting of yourself? Because I feel that I don't think you trust yourself to be safe. I don't think you trust yourself to take care of yourself. Does that make sense? It does. And for as far back as I can recollect, I've carried that with me. In some ways, I have opposing forces. You know, I've always felt as if I was going to be a big presence in the world. And at the same time, I don't feel as if I have the self-confidence to get myself there. 
I got it. That makes a lot of sense. And again, I feel that your dad is a big personality and a big light. He takes up a lot of energy. You know, I don't know if he's still in his body, but he took up a lot of the bandwidth in the family. Like he needs a lot of attention. I think your mom is, again, she's a little bit more like passive aggressive, a little bit more pokey, naggy, niggly, and a little bit more resentful. She has more of that kind of resentful energy. And so I think that that was probably a hard place to be between because their dynamic is not entirely healthy. And they're both still alive. Okay. (laughs) They're still at it. (laughs) And it is. And she loves him very much, but they have this strange dynamic. That's exactly true. That's exactly true. Yeah. And so I can see that as well, but I can see growing up and I feel that you have other siblings as well, but I can see growing up, he sucked a lot of the air out of the room, you know, like it's just how he is. And, you know, he's just sort of used to being the center of everything and it's kind of a my way or the highway kind of jam. And so I think that's part of your confidence too. It's like, you know, you go to say something and then, you know, he sucks the words out of your mouth and it's like, wait, I thought I expressed myself, but it was hard. And so I think that's an issue too. I also think that there's a little bit of sexism in your family while he may say that he's proud of you. If you have male siblings or even just that male in your dad's mind, there are things that women do and there are things that women don't do. And you have probably done things that women don't do. And though he may tacitly support you, you know, on the outside, I think that he doesn't understand you sometimes because, you know, it goes beyond what he understands about what men and women are supposed to do. Does that make sense? I don't necessarily know if it makes sense in that regard, because I only have sisters. Okay. I grew up with only women, but I do believe that in some ways I may have been perceived as a male persona. And there are certainly things that I do that he doesn't understand. Yeah. Like the growth based things. He's more of a traditionalist. Oh, yeah. So I don't necessarily think, man, I could be wrong. I don't see it as being based on sex, but I think it's being based on like life coaching isn't something that he would ascribe to. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. (laughs) Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. That's the vein I see it in. Yeah. And the way he would do it was do his little jokingness around it. I can see that. But I even think like probably even though, you know, you probably all work, he understands cognitively that this is how the world works. But emotionally, like he doesn't really understand. He'll nod and smile and be happy for you. But in his mind, he's very old school like very old school. And so it's all strange and unfamiliar to him. But I also think in a way, like emotionally, you know, some of that cap that you feel is just because you didn't have parents that even though they might've said, go to college, I don't know if they did. I mean, they might've said one level of things, but emotionally, I don't think they really know how to support you through it because it's so alien to them. Does that make sense? Right? It does. It makes perfect sense. Perfect. Okay. So I want to see if anything else wants to come up around this. Um, I think a lot has already come through. Your energy already looks clearer, by the way. So that's good. The other thing is sometimes what we do, right, is again, be aware that some of these behaviors are coping mechanisms. So I would be really kind to yourself around them. Start to, you know, converse with you know, this is a coaching or counseling kind of thing that you could pursue, start to converse with those parts that you perceive are holding you back, find out what they're up to, find out, you know, what their perspective is. And I think that if you do, you might be able to relieve them of their duties to self-sabotage, quote unquote, and, you know, find new and productive ways to get the job done, that self-protection piece. Because I think it's really about self-protection and about, you know, protecting you from perceived harms that, you know, you probably don't recognize are there. Does that make sense? 
It does um, make sense. So I would really, you know, we're not going to do that right now in a podcast, but I can talk to you off camera about some of the ways that you can do that work. And I'll make sure I put some stuff in the notes too, but it's really about being kind with yourself, exploring and having a dialogue with some of those parts of yourself that quote unquote misbehave and say, Hey, you know, how are you here to serve me? And, and how can we work together? And remember, you know, there's that paradox that we change best when we accept what is. And so terms like self-sabotage, you know, they tell us that we're wrong. They tell us that we're broken. They tell us, you know, we'll always hold ourselves back. And, you know, if we can learn to have a more loving relationship with whatever we're doing, wherever we are, we will be able to move through those things so much more quickly, so much more effortlessly and with so much ease and grace. Okay. Thank you. That's very helpful. And the other thing that comes through on this as well is please, as much as you can, keep your attention on what's working because a lot is working. Not the I'm successful, but because the but is, you know, it takes away from the positive statement, but really tune into what's working. You know, sometimes we have a fear because if you have that little hatchet man in your head and you have a belief system that as soon as I get too comfortable, hatchet man comes in and chops off my arm, you're going to be afraid to focus on the good stuff because you're going to be waiting for hatchet man. But don't worry about hatchet man because hatchet man comes and hatchet man goes. And if you look at the long game, you've accomplished plenty. Maybe not everything that you've ever wanted to accomplish, but you are doing really well. And you are doing better than, you know, the worst case scenario that is always playing in your head. Does that make sense? It does make sense. So I would start focusing on positives and look at, you know, what have I accomplished in my life? What have I accomplished? Even if you want to say, despite the fact that, you know, sometimes this hatchet man shows up and messes with me. And again, for you, it's really about making peace with your shadow side. And I think that there was a culture in your family where what's in the dark stays in the dark and a lot of sarcasm and a lot of, it's like, I can see it, you know, in you, you can't see it in me. It's not really there. I don't know, but there wasn't a lot of kindness towards weakness in your family, right? There was a lot of... Everyone pulls themselves up by the bootstraps and weakness or softness or anything like out of the norm was maligned and put down. And it came from fear. It came from fear of if we don't walk this narrow path, we won't be successful, healthy, and whole. And that's what your dad learned early on. And and that's what they both learned really and tried to teach you. But in so doing, you know, they spread that fear right? And that sense that I'm not good enough. And that if I misstep a little bit and follow my own natural inclinations or put my hand in the cookie jar when I'm hungry, I'm going to be punished. I'm going to be wrong. And I'm going to fall off the wagon into oblivion. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. Yeah. So I would also make peace with the part of yourself that wants the cookie sometime. We all have one. And, you know, sit with her. And by the way, listeners, you know that I don't think anything is wrong with cookies, you know, from time to time, right? There isn't. But starting to make peace with that part and recognizing that, you know, we all are imperfect beings in an imperfect world. And the more we can love and embrace those imperfections, the easier it is to find our way through them to a higher and more comforted and aligned way of being. So I hope that that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. Yay. Thank you so much. 
My pleasure. Thank you so much. This was a really fun read. Is there anything else that I've still left you thinking with or you wanted to cover before we wrap it up? I just had a curiosity about the what that link is between, let's say, my upbringing. I don't want to signal anyone else and potentially my father with my intimate relationships. Ah, I mean, that's a is, whole is, nother question. <laughs> oh, I think is that's there a correlation. I'm just curious. I will tell you there most definitely, definitely is. And again, there's a certain amount of misogyny that carries through your family line. And again, I think it's just the culture, how they were raised, not a lot of exposure to different kinds of ideas. And again, your dad could be very biting in his humor. You know, I think as a child, you developed a thick skin and you learned that that's just how dad is. But I think in some ways, especially when you were young, it maybe got in there a little bit and made, you know, sometimes that self-esteem a little bit wonky. Does that make sense? It does. Yes. So that's what I see. And I also think the relationship between your parents is an interesting one. And the relationship between your, we haven't looked at your mom's side of the family, but between your dad's parents was also very fiery. (laughs) Okay. And so there's a lot of that as well. But one thing that is coming through to tell you, I don't know what your romantic situation is now, but I do see, I don't usually tell the future, but the guides are bringing along. I do see more ease and grace and shift in that area coming for you in the very near future. I feel that you are developing a lot more self-respect in this area. I feel that you are much more clear on what you deserve. And I feel that you're really ready to partner with someone in a really gratifying and mutually beneficial way. So I'm excited for that chapter of your life for you. Well, thank you. That was very relieving. (laughs) That's what I get. So So I'm excited (laughs) to see how that plays out. Yay. Joanne, thank you so much for agreeing to do this. I hope that you enjoyed it as much as I did. And yeah, that's all I got for you. (laughs) All right, great. It was fabulous and very informative and I feel relieved and I feel as if I grew quite a bit just from our conversation. Your energy looks beautiful right now. I have to say that. Thank you again. Thanks for everyone who's tuned in today and namaste. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope that you found joy, strength, inspiration, and clarity from today's episode. If you'd like to learn more and connect with an amazing group of like-minded souls, please join us over on Facebook in the Intuitive Connection Community Facebook group, where we explore these topics in deeper detail, have additional live teachings, and host Facebook Lives with our amazing guests. I hope to see you there. And of course, if you want to learn more about me or the work that I do, please check out my webpage, victoriashawintuitive.com. Thank you so much again and namaste. Hey, it's Radley Valentine. Join me for a brand new way of connecting with your angels on my new podcast, The Angel Tarot Show. Each week, you'll meet your angelic guides and guardians and find new ways to unlock unconditional love, tune into your intuitive abilities, and create the joy-filled life that, well, you've always wanted. Plus, you'll get a useful and timely energetic weather report, bringing you guidance for the coming week. Tap into the healing, hope, and guidance that's all around you on The Angel Tarot Show, exclusively on mindbodyspirit.fm.